Sunday of Advent. We'll just run through a couple of the announcements. If you have your bulletin, you can have a peek at it. Um, just a reminder, it is a come and go 90th birthday celebration for Tina Taves today from 2 to 5. On December 21st, which is Thursday, there's a blue Christmas service at the Anglican Church and all are welcome. And just keep in mind that there's no Sunday school or children's church for the next two Sundays. And December 25th is a Christmas Day service, and you can bring a potluck if you'd like. And December 31st, our church has the opportunity to help supervise at Valley View. So you can talk to Dawson or Pastor Russell. And in the new year, January 20th, there's a baby shower for Bethany. Um, does anyone else have any announcements? I just want to clarify that Christmas Day, um, the main course is provided. Okay. We only have to bring a salad and dessert. Okay. Tina and I have bought some lasagna, so we're bringing lasagna for lunch, and then we have about four desserts. Okay. So Christmas Day, bring a salad or dessert. 
In addition to the 24th and 31st not being, um, there being no children's church, there also won't be children's church for the younger group at this point, January 7th. So we're still short one group of teachers for the younger group for the new year. So there will be some gaps unless there's another couple of people who want to help out with that. So you can continue to talk to me if you have questions or if you want to help out with children's church. Um, but just make note of that if you have kids in the three to six year old um, age group, there also won't be children's church on January 7th. Thanks. Doesn't look like anyone else is getting up. So we will invite the Advent readers and lighters to come up. Every year, every year for the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, we celebrate the season of Advent, a time where we're looking forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, both in a manger as well when he will one day come again. This year during the Advent season, we focus on four feelings, four truths that we experience as we are waiting for the arrival of our Lord. During the third week in Advent, we spend time focusing on joy. From, uh, from Psalm 5, verse 11, we hear these, we re, we hear these words. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them so that those who love your name may exalt in you. And so now we light three candles. So now we light three candles. The first is the candle of hope that we lit two weeks ago to remember that our hope is well placed in our God. The second is the candle of peace that we lit last week, remembering the peace he will bring. And now we also light the third candle, the candle of joy. As we watch it burn, let us be reminded of the hope, peace, and now, and now also the joy to be found in our soon arriving king. Let's bow in prayer together. <clears throat> Too often we think joy is something big, O oh God. A brass band or parade can certainly bring us joy. But just as easily and far more often we can feel joy in a hug or the squeeze of a hand. We can see joy in a smile or hear it in laughter. Help us not overlook the simple joys that peak in our lives daily. This week in our Advent journey, God open our eyes to the joy that surrounds us. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to sing I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day next. It's not familiar to everyone. Um, it was a request from our group, and so that's great. It's interesting as we've been reading through um, Isaiah, and as we sing this song, it, it's kind of reflective of that. There's a, a kind of a mournfulness, and, and yet there's a hope at the end. And so it's interesting how that song is like that, so listen for those different parts of the song. <clears throat> I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat. 
you to stand. Uh, we'll sing Go Tell It on the Mountain, and then I'm going to ask you to remain standing uh, while we pray and read the scripture. Okay. 
your heads. God, I thank you that we can proclaim your goodness and generosity to us. And in a season of just reflecting on how much you've done for us, hope in our hearts to be generous as well. And uh, for the things that we give back to you in time or money, use those things to, to further your kingdom and, um, and bring glory to your name. I'll invite the worship team to go sit down. <clears throat> Amber isn't able to play guitar in this season, and so we're really enjoying that, even though she can't, that she's been playing all kinds of different things. So it's been great. Isaiah 12. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim his name as exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. 
Let this be known to all the world. Shout out loud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. The word of the Lord. Our prayer time, we have lots of different kinds of prayers during the service. This one we sometimes call pastoral prayer, which doesn't mean that the pastor has to do it. Pastoral just means caring, kind of the shepherding image. And so in other churches, this is called the prayers of the people. It's the, uh, the concerns that we bring. So we've collected some of those during the week and today, and so I'll be praying for those at this time. So bow with me and we'll pray. Thank you, Father God, for your compassion for us. Thank you that you know our needs before we even say them, but you still invite us to speak them aloud or share them with you in our hearts. And thank you that you are at work answering these prayers for your glory and our good. And we rejoice today with those who are doing well, for those who have gotten good news about upcoming uh, plans, especially related to their health. So we pray with gratitude along with Margaret Thiessen for her heart appointments and also for Tyler Giesbrecht with his transplant coming up. And we also pray that Zarel Kilpatrick will get everything that she needs and uh, that all the preparation and follow-up from her surgeries will go well. We pray for Elvira in the hospital for her continued healing and also for Tina Sawatsky as she recovers from her fall and others that we're thinking of now. And Lord, this morning we also pray for those who are grieving, grieving the loss of a loved one. We think of Henry Buchert and his family, John Neufeldt and his family, and for all who find the Christmas season difficult. We also pray for your blessing and your protection on those who are traveling at Christmas. We think of Emily Wright coming back from Australia, and many others that are coming from not quite so far away, but looking forward to being with their loved ones this season. And we also pray for the upcoming events that are planned, that there will be good, good times together of speaking your truth and celebrating your great redemption and just enjoying each other's company. And we pray your blessing today on Tina Taves and her family as they gather and we join them in celebrating her, her life as well. And bless Pastor Russell as he speaks to us this morning. And all that we do today, may it be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, children, you are dismissed. Go to the back and you will find where it is that you need to go. All right. And before I get into it, I need to right a wrong.
This last Friday was the Christmas concert, and it was absolutely wonderful. And when I was thanking everybody, I forgot to thank Amber, who did a wonderful job uh, organizing it, as well as Music and Worship, who all did a lot of work as well, putting it together. Uh, we're talking about joy today, and so that gave me a lot of joy, and so I wanted to say thank you so very much. All right. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. It is the Sunday, as we said, of joy. There we go. And it is the Sunday of joy because we know that in Jesus Christ, there is joy to be had. We know that in our faith, there is joy to be had. And we know that our joy is a particular kind of joy as well, a lasting kind of joy, a wonderful kind of joy. And perhaps there's no passage in the Bible that is better at getting at what it means to have joy in the Lord quite as well as one that we read often at this time of year. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 to 6. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 to 6. This is a passage like the other ones that we've looked at so far in our series that we have realized as the years have gone by that it means even more than we originally thought it meant. Originally when it was written by Isaiah, it meant one thing. And while it hasn't changed in its meaning as time has gone by, we have realized that the scope of what this passage is, the scope of what the joy in our Lord is, is much bigger than we originally thought. And so, Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 to 6. I will praise you, O Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger is turned away, and you have comforted me. This passage is written from the prophet Isaiah talking to a king named Ahaz. He is not a good guy, but at the same time, he is going through a very difficult decision. You see, we've talked about the Assyrians before. They're the big bad at this period of time. They are an empire that believes very strongly that if they just bully you hard enough, then they'll get whatever they want. And so they are the nightmare that the people have. They are... Wicked in the eyes of the Lord. We talked about them when we talked about Jonah. And because they are this nightmare to all of particularly the smaller kingdoms that exist at this time, then the kingdom of Israel uh, and all of her neighbors have decided that they were going to do something. They were going to stand up to this bully. They were going to fight back. And maybe, just maybe, if they all band together, they will come out victorious. And they have decided that they need all of the help that they can get. And those that don't want to help them, well, there's an easy solution to that. We will just go to war against you first, and we will make sure that you help us. And that brings us to King Ahaz. He is the king of a place called Judah, which is right to the south of Israel. And he is placed in this awkward place. What is he going to do? Is he going to go to war with Israel and those other small kingdoms against Assyria, which is absolutely probably going to be the end of them 
because Assyria is so big with so many people and so many weapons all pointed at them? Or will they do nothing and have Israel and all of the other little kingdoms around them try to kill them in response? That is the question that Ahaz has put to him at this point in this passage. And so what is he going to do? And he does not know, and he does not know. So he consults Isaiah, who is a prophet of the Lord. And Isaiah tells him this. Don't put your trust in other kingdoms. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. And that is where we get this passage. I will praise you, O Lord, although you were angry with me. Remember, not a good dude. And your anger has been turned away if you but trust in me. And you will be comforted by me if you trust in me. That word comforted, when we think about it, we think about it purely as if somebody is going to say nice things to you if you're feeling bad. That's not what that word means originally. Originally, comforted means that you are given the strength to stand up to those that would do you harm. You comfort somebody by giving them weapons so they can stand against the enemy. You comfort somebody by giving them strength so that they can survive. I will comfort you, God says, if you trust in me. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. If you trust in me, it doesn't matter what these little kingdoms are doing. If you trust in me, it doesn't even matter what Assyria with all of her strength is doing because I, the Lord God, will be your salvation. I will be your strength. I will be your defense. Why would you fear what are all the forces of the world against you if I am by your side, which I will be if you just trust in me. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. There is active in that. It is not just that you will sit back. It is not just that you will watch God do his thing. But instead, it is very much so that while you stand with me against these wicked people, then you will be drawing water from the wells of salvation. While it is that you stand against these people that I will give you the strength to stand against, then you will draw closer to me. There will be purpose in what it is that you do while you stand against these other people. There will be purpose in what it does as you stand strong for I am the Lord and I will bring you salvation as you draw waters from that well. While it is you doing it, nobody for even a moment will think that it is not because of me that you get the job done. And in that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. All of the nations will know by what you will do with God's strength that it is God that has done these things through you. 
because how could it be anything else when the might of Assyria is against you, when all of your neighbors are against you, and yet you stand strong, small though you are. All of the nations will praise the Lord because they will see him through you because no other thing would ever explain how it is that you could stand strong against the enemy as you have. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. And even your own people will shout for joy because they will see through what you have done that their God is great. The King Ahaz was given this decision. Either stand up against the small kingdoms around you, stand up against Assyria. You can go with one, you can go with the other, and Isaiah tells them instead, or you could go with God. Ahaz doesn't take that, though. What Ahaz decides to do is he actually allies himself with Assyria, which ends with the destruction of all of Israel and all of those other little kingdoms. Ahaz then dies not terribly long after that, and Assyria finds themselves at the gate of Jerusalem. A story for a different day. When we talk about joy... This is a passage to look at. When we talk about the joy we find in God, this is the passage to look at. Because in this passage, we see if we just trust in God, salvation will be ours. If we just trust in God, then there is meaning in what we do because we know that it will be victorious through him. If we trust in God, there is no reason to be afraid because if we trust in God, he is our strength, he is our defense, he is our salvation. If we trust in God and do what he calls us to, if we draw the water from that well, then the world will see who our God is through what it is that we do, and the people around us who know our Lord will cry joy because they will see God working through us. That is what this passage tells us. And while in the days of Ahaz, it's very particularly talking about a military type of thing. It's very much so talking that God will protect you from the enemies on all sides. When Christ was born, we see that the scope of what this passage was about has really opened up because we see that the trust in God that we need to place is a more real thing, is it not? We see that the trust in God is not just in some nebulous thing that if we place our trust in God, he will defend us from the enemies on all sides. It's not that it stops being that, but now instead it is if we trust in God, the stakes of what our Lord will save us from, the stakes of what our Lord will be our girding that will comfort us for are bigger than we ever thought. For there, as we know, is sin in the world. 
There, as we know, is death in the world. There, as we know, are those that would seek to tear everything down because they profit as a result. And we see in that little baby that was born in that manger all those years ago that if we trust in God, there is salvation from even these large existential problems that we can't even begin to wrap our minds around. Yet, in God, there is salvation. Trust in God. Trust in that baby in the manger who would go on to change everything. And you will know that God's anger is not pointed at you because you are following him. Trust in God. And what is death to you? What is sin to you? What are all of the people that would tear the world down to you? For he is your comfort. He is your strength. He is your defense. He is your salvation. Trust in God. And as you follow him, as you draw the water from that well, you know that there is purpose because the kingdom is built as a result. Trust in God, draw the water from that well and you will know that what you do has purpose because it will show the world who our Lord is. And as you follow our God, as you trust in him, How will they not see the Lord working through you? For how else in the world would the things that you will do in his name ever be done without him by your side? Trust in God and follow him and the people around will shout for joy for they will see God through you. When Jesus Christ was born, we realized that the reasons we had to sing for joy were greater than we ever thought because the stakes that we were up against were bigger than we ever thought. And now, as we wait for the Lord to come back again, we see that the passage means something more still because There is urgency in it. There are things that are needing to be done as we wait. For as we wait and as we wait, the world around us doesn't see that same joy that we do. The world around us doesn't see that same hope in what is to come that we do. The world around us doesn't see that there is meaning in what we do. The world around us just sees sin, just sees death, just sees those that would tear the world down for their own benefit. Trust in God and he will comfort you. Trust in God and what is there to be afraid of. 
Trust in God, for he is your strength and your song. Trust in God, for what you do has meaning if you do it for him. While the world waits in darkness, now is our time. As the world waits in darkness, now is the time to share the joy that is to be found even now. As the world waits in darkness, now is the time to show everyone that if you trust in God, not only is there hope, not only is there peace to come, but there is such joy to be found in our God. But what we are left with is that same predicament that Ahaz was all those years ago. Ahaz was told, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and you will praise him. Trust in the Lord and he will be your joy. Trust in the Lord and the world will see the glory of who he is through what you do and your people will cry out. And he chose not to. And it was the destruction of everything. That is the question that we are still left with today. Will we? In the face of everything, will we trust in our Lord? In the face of the darkness, will we trust in our God? If we do, there is nothing but joy. If we follow him, there is nothing but light to be brought to the corners of the world, illumination into the darkness. But will we trust in God? Amen. We're going to sing the first three verses and then we'll have a benediction. Please stand and join us as we sing Joy to the World.
For our benediction, we turn to the book of Philemon. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Go out and share the joy that is to be found in our God.